Hey, you're listening to Blue Jean Church's podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. To learn more about Blue Jean Church in Selma, Alabama, visit us at www.bluejeanselma.com. Colin, uh, y'all know Colin. He doesn't need an introduction, but y'all, this is, this is, I cannot believe Selma and Blue Jean has gotten Colin McConnerty back. And so um, he is, yeah, he is, you're awesome, dude. You're just one of the most awesome people I know. And um, I learned from you. Um, Did you know you were going to do communion after you spoke? Okay, cool. (laughs) Gave you plenty of time to know. Y'all give it up for Colin McConnerty. Um, let me let me ask let me ask a question real quick. Is anyone excited about what God's doing right here and right now? Give me something. Come on, give me something. I want you to turn to your socially distanced neighbor and tell them now is the time of the Lord's favor, and today is the day of salvation what I just spoke to you was scripture and what that means is what I spoke to you is the truth somebody's catching on somebody's catching on here this morning glory to God praise you Jesus okay for our scripture this morning our foundation for this morning we're going to turn we're going to go a little old school so we are going to turn to second chronicles chapter 20 for those of you who are wondering where Second Chronicles is, it's right after First Chronicles. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. That's a old preacher joke. Um, it's about halfway through the Old Testament. And uh, while you turn there again, Second Chronicles chapter twenty. While you're going there, I want to give a little context for this scripture. which is 2 Chronicles takes place and starts after King David um, has died and shows what the Israelites did and what their lives were like after King David. And when we get to chapter 20, the king of Judah is this guy named Jehoshaphat, okay? And when we get to this specific point in Scripture, at the start of chapter 20, we find out that there are these three three big bad enemies coming to attack Judah and to attack Jerusalem, the Moabites, the Ammonites, and some of the other people. And Jehoshaphat has just heard that, quote, a vast army is coming against them. And scripture tells us in verse 3 that, quote, alarmed, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast for all of Judah. So with all of Judah present, With the enemies coming towards them, he gathers them all together, proclaims a fast, and says this amazingly anointed prayer that we find here in chapter 20. Where I want to pick up today is in verse 13. And I'll be reading out of the NIV. It says that all of the men of Judah, with their wives and children and little ones, stood there before the Lord. Then the Spirit of the Lord came on somebody as he stood in the assembly. He said, listen, King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. 
Did not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, march down against them. They will be climbing up by the pass of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the gorge in the desert of Jeruel. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions, stand firm, and see the deliverance the Lord will give you, Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. Jehoshaphat bowed down with his face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down and worshipped before the Lord. Then some, Le some Levites from the Co Kohathites and Korahites stood up and praised the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. Early in the morning, they left for the desert of Tekoa. As they set out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Listen to me, Judah and people of Jerusalem. Have faith in the Lord your God, and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets, and you will be successful. After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and praise him for the splendor of his holiness, as they went out at the head of the army, saying, Give thanks to the Lord, for his love endures forever. As they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, who were invading Judah, and they were defeated. The Ammonites and Moabites rose up against the men from Mount Seir to destroy and annihilate them. After they finished slaughtering the men from Seir, they, they helped to destroy one another. When the men of Judah came to the place that overlooks the desert and looked towards the vast army, they saw only dead bodies lying on the ground. No one had escaped. So Jehoshaphat and his men went among them, a great, found, uh, found among them a great amount of equipment and clothing and also articles of value more than they could take away. There was so much plunder that it took three days to collect. Now, for some of you, this might be a scripture that you have seen and studied many times. We could go a bunch of different directions this morning as we uh, go for a lesson in scripture. For instance, we could talk about the fact that, and this is, this is the one that, that has always stood out to me, that as they began to sing in praise, this is verse 22, as they began to sing in praise, the Lord set ambushes against their enemies. Now that, that is a prophetic word that has been declared over this church, recorded in uh, January 2020 at the vision meeting or something that evidently the leadership team had, and it was recorded by Sister Debbie and written down so that we would have it forever. And so in other words, based out of this scripture, a prophetic word over this church is that when we praise God, he goes out against our enemy and says ambushes against our enemy. Where's Brother Rick? You guys can only imagine in the last two months how many ambushes have been sent against the enemy because of what has happened in this house. Because it's been fire, my God, my God. But that's not our main point of discussion this morning. We can also talk about the fact that when Jehoshaphat was facing these three enemies, a vast army, more than he could handle, what did he do? Alarmed, he resolved to inquire of the Lord and proclaimed a fast. And so we could talk about this morning the importance of when we are scared and we can't handle a situation, the importance of Praying and asking God for help and going to him first and foremost. 
Again, that's not where we're going to be this morning. I just wanted to point out the fact that all of these are biblical truths that we could take away from this scripture. But what I want to talk on this morning and have it on my heart to talk about this morning is faith. And so let's look at this scripture. I had never seen this story this way uh, until, I don't know, last month or something. This, this sermon's been on my heart for a while. Let's look at what we can glean and learn about faith from this story and from this scripture. And the main question from which the sermon came about was, why did God require them or instruct them, is a better word, in verse... Seventeen, to go out to face them tomorrow. And so let's spend a little time this morning on the message and the theme, go out. Why did God require the Israelites, the people of Judah, to go out to face their enemies when he already knew that he was going to have them slaughter each other? They could have, even if God wanted them and, and, and needed their praise in order to do it, which he didn't, but, you know, if that was something that he was asking of them, they could have stayed right there in their temple in Jerusalem and gotten their praise on and gotten a praise party on and run around the church and all that stuff. And while they were doing that, God could have ambushed their enemies. Or, I mean, God is, is immeasurable and has no obstacles. He could have done it just because they turned to him and asked him for help. Or he, they could have just done that anyways. Why then did he ask them to go out? Why, knowing that the enemies would be destroyed and slaughter each other, destroyed by, the en- but destroyed by God himself, why did, why did he ask them and instruct them to go out to look at what, they, what was there? And turn with me to cha- ooh, chapter, excuse me, verse 17. And it starts like this. You will not have to fight this battle, which Brother Josh quoted this morning when he was, uh, when he was praying for us. But look at what comes after that. Take up your positions. Stand firm and see the deliverance the Lord will give you. Again, take up your positions. Stand firm and see the deliverance the Lord will give you. What the Holy Spirit showed me was that God instructed them to go out so that they could see with their very own eyes what he had done for them. It would have been one thing for the Israelites to have heard about from afar an enemy that was coming towards them and to stay in the church and praise God and then for the enemy never to show up. That would be one thing. But it was another for the Israelites to go out and see with their very own eyes what God had done and accomplished for them. What was that? It says right here. When the men of Judah, in verse 24, when the men of Judah came to the place that overlooks the desert and looked towards the vast army, this, ladies and gentlemen, was the first time that they had seen the army that was coming against them. They saw only dead bodies lying on the ground, and no one had escaped. In other words, God had them go out so that they could see with their very own eyes the extent of his his love and his deliverance for them. It's one thing for us to hear about God being our protector. 
It's another for us to see it with our own eyes. And God sometimes will ask us or instruct us to go out so that we can see the extent of his love and his goodness. Job put it this way. He said in 42 verse 5, he said, my ears had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. It's one thing for us to hear about the good things that God is doing and hear about who God is and hear about his love for us. It's another for us to see it with our very own eyes. I was, while we were, while we were worshiping this morning, I was reminded that they triumphed, they being us, triumphed over the enemy by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. It's one thing for us to have testimonies of we've, you know, heard that something didn't happen from afar. It's another one we've been in a moment of struggle and we've seen it play out right in our, right in our eyes, right in front of us. But do you see how it took an act of faith for them to be able to see that? It's one thing for somebody to prophesy in their church and say, hey, the battle's not ours. Let's sit in here and, 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 and get our praise on. It's another to say, hey, the battle's not ours. Let's get our praise on and go out and face them directly. I bet there were some people in that, in that congregation in Jerusalem that day who said, is this real? Are you serious? God said that, that, that he's got this. I'm scared to go out and face these people because if we do, we're going to get killed. It took an act of faith for them to go out and to see what God had done for them. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I guess my, my, my one point I want to hit on this morning is that when God instructs you to, instructs us, because it's for me too, when he instructs us to do something, he's not doing it to test us. He's not doing it primarily to uh, to challenge us or make life hard for us. He's doing it so that we will see his deliverance for us. He's doing it so that we will experience new depths of his love for us and see new extents. So when he asks us to do something crazy, we have to walk out with it and we can see the extent to which he moves. In, in the 10th uh, chapter of Luke, Jesus gathers uh, 72 people and sends them out to minister his word. These 72 people come back, and it says in verse 17, the 72 returned to Jesus, returned with joy, and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. Now, I, I, I propose this morning, ladies and gentlemen, that they would not have found out that demons submitted to them in his name if they had never gone out. It's one thing for God to say, hey, I'm giving you the power to deliver people from demons. It's another to see people delivered from demons in his name. In the 72, literally, they came back, and that's what they said. They came back with joy, and they said, oh, my God. What you told us was real. Now, if they had just heard it and said, dude, that's awesome, and kept on going with their lives, they never would have seen the extent of God's power for them. I got to come back every once in a while. 
And, and I, I was reminded of a, uh, of a story I heard um, of one of, an evangelist that I follow. He's based, in, um, he's based in Florida, but he mostly travels out and, and ministers in Africa. And, uh, and he said that, that one time he was at a, at a, at a church and, and preaching, and, uh, and, and for some reason he got talking about uh, having prayed for people who had died and then being resurrected in Jesus' name, okay? You didn't know we were going there today, Bob. Okay, amen. And uh, Bob's like, oh, my God. Anyway, sorry. Um, and, and, and he started talking about this. The evangelist did at, at the meeting. And afterwards, uh, uh, kind of this old minister, old, excuse me, older minister came up. Pardon, pardon me. Forgive me. Okay, amen. Older minister came up to him and said, that was a great message. But what was up with you talking about? you know, praying for people and then getting resurrected from, from the dead. And he said, I've been ministering for, you know, 4,000 years, and I've never seen that happen a single time. And so I, what were you talking about? And the evangelist said, well, how many times have you prayed for someone who was dead? And the minister said, well, never. Do you get the point of the story? That if we never step out with God, if we never go out and really seize on these truths that we learn in Scripture and in, in His Word and in church, if we never go out and try them out and put them into practice, we never find out the extent of, of that. And by the way, for people who are like, who are freaked out, I, I mean, Bob... Bob has said this a million times. When I came to Selma, I didn't know Jesus from, from, from nobody else, okay? And I was like, all of it was so new to me. And one Sunday when I was here, I saw somebody come up, not in, the, not in here. We were still over at the little uh, Social Security building. Went up and shared a testimony about having prayed for someone who died and them coming back to life. Do you remember that? I was like, I was like, do I leave? <laughs> do I leave Oscar? Okay, so, uh, but, but just to point out, God's power exists. Are we walking in it? Are we putting it into practice? Are we believing what he says to us and believing what his word says? Hebrews uh, chapter 11 verse 1 tells us what, God's definition of faith is and says that faith is confidence in what we hope for and it's assurance in what we do not see. Again, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance in what we do not see. In other words, faith starts internally, but at a certain point, our faith should boil over into action. James says it this way, that faith without works is dead. Because if we have that faith inside of us, it should boil over into how we act, how we cooperate with people, how we interact with people. Smith Wigglesworth, who is like kind of like this old school English evangelist guy who had an amazing ministry. Josh, you know, yeah, amen. That's what I'm talking about. I love that guy. All right, amen. And uh, as Smith Wigglesworth used to say it this way. They didn't call it the book of Acts because the apostles sat in a room praying together the entire time. It's true. Now, they spent time praying, don't get me wrong. 
But at a certain point, they moved out and started acting on what they were hearing and what God was telling them. And so what's, what's the message this morning? The invitation from God is for us to go out. When God speaks something over our lives, go out, put it into practice. Have the faith not only to have confidence in it and assurance in it, but let that boil over and go out to see it in practice. What do I mean by that? When, when, when God works a miracle in your life, Go out and testify about it. When he gives you a word to share with somebody, go out and share it with somebody. There, I'm not going to call them out because they would be embarrassed, but there was one of our teenagers in this congregation who, after service maybe a month ago, came up and gave me a word that absolutely knocked me, knocked me out. Do we love our congregation or what? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's amazing. To see, to see the way that even that moves amongst, amongst our youth is amazing and so beautiful. But when God gives you that desire to go do something, go do it. When he tells you the battle is not yours but his, but he wants you to go out to see it, go out to see it. So that not only do you have it in your ears, but you can see it with your eyes. God wants every single one of us right here, right now, to know that he's real, that he loves you, and that he will fight for you and protect you and provide for you. But we can only find that out if we're willing to walk with him. The further that we walk out with him, the more we find out the extent of his power and love for each and every one of us right here in this room. And so, yes, inquire of God. Yes, fasting is fantastic and praise is a powerful weapon. But go out to see the deliverance that God has for you. And ladies and gentlemen, does anybody know that the best thing that we could ever go out on is faith in Jesus Christ? When we take this step to believe in Jesus, when we trust him and step out with him, there is nothing better because it opens up. It's like the whole, the floodgates of heaven open for us. And so I know this, this is like not a blue jean tradition at all, but I don't know. We're going to find out what happens. And so when we, when we do that for Jesus, and step out with Jesus, we go out and we see the extent of his love and power in a way we've never seen it before. I don't think I've ever actually ever done that. But ladies and gentlemen, can we, can we just, can we bow our heads real quick and close our eyes? Now maybe, maybe something spoke to you here this morning. And ladies and gentlemen, the, the, the start to all of the things we have been talking about is giving our hearts over to Jesus. And so if there is 
anyone here who has never given their life to Jesus, we just want to give you an opportunity to do that this morning. You won't have to come up to the front of the church. You won't have to, you know, get surrounded by a million people speaking in tongues over you or anything like that. But we just want to give you an opportunity to demonstrate that to God and to signal that to Jesus right now. And so if there's anyone here who feels like Jesus is, is, is calling them and, 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 and with them right now for the first time, I just ask you to slip your hand up, and, and I just want to pray for you. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you. And for those of us who are in here who have been walking with God, but we want more experience with him, we want to step out further. I just want to speak a prayer and a blessing over right now in the name of Jesus Christ, God. I thank you for each one of your children that are here this morning, God. I thank you that you know them, Lord, that you knew them even before you formed them in the womb. I thank you for your beautiful plan for their lives. I thank you for the amazing destiny, God. I thank you that you kept them right here for this moment, rescued some from the throes of death, God, so that they could be here right now. God, I I believe and I stand and proclaim that each person that is here is here for a reason. And God, I thank you for that destiny for them, God. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that, Lord, every burden, every anxiety, every fear, every chain broken in the name of Jesus Christ. And I proclaim, God, that they shall go forth from this place filled with joy, filled with happiness, filled with peace, feeling lighter than they've ever felt before in the name of Jesus Christ. And God, I pray that your, our faith in you will increase, will expand, God. May we have more swag, Lord, as we go out. Increase us, Lord, in faith, not just internally, but externally. And God, we thank you, we proclaim, we thank you for being here with us, Lord. You know that my words mean nothing except when they're spoken with the Holy Spirit. And God, we just trust you right now to go forth in people's hearts. And we thank you for this morning in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. And all the people said... Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope this message has equipped and inspired you to transform people, your community, and the world through the love and power of Jesus Christ. Whether you're from Selma or anywhere you're listening from, we'd love to hear from you. Visit us online at www.bluejeanselma.com.